Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. I am so happy to welcome to Easy's Community Focus, Jennifer Messimer, the Public Affairs Administrator with the Miami-Dade Water and Sewer Department, and a very specific reason I wanted to bring her back. Jennifer, first of all, thank you for being here. We both know people in Texas, and we've been following what happened since that winter storm where they had so many water main breaks that there was just no drinking water, no flushing water, no water at all, and people were lining up at stadiums to get water just for flushing toilets. And the closest we get to that here is during hurricane season, if we have a really bad storm. 99% of the time, our water is so reliable, we can turn on the tap and have something to drink, and it's fabulous. And I know the Miami-Dade County Water in particular has won awards for having the best drinking water. But you guys have had to make some adjustments, like everyone else, because of coronavirus. And now it's been, believe it or not, a full year. What can you tell us about my Miami-Dade's water and the services through this last year with coronavirus. Well, thanks so much for having me, Ellen. Uh, If anything, water, it just goes to show you how water is important now more than ever and how safe your drinking water has been, has been an asset while helping to maintain and minimize the spread of COVID-19 in our community. People have been using it to help wash your hands, to help stop the spread of COVID. You know, we're washing and disinfecting things more at the house. So, you know, our drinking water has been, never been more of a reliable source, a vital resource that we need to take care of, right? Uh, our department has had to make some changes in how we operate, but we remain in, a, in the field throughout 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You know, our staff that works in the field at our water treatment plants, out fixing pipes and working at our pump stations and all throughout the, the county really need to, you know, are among those uh, frontline workers, right? Because without water, there's so many other activities in healthcare and things of that nature that wouldn't be able to operate at the levels they would need to operate at. It's really important that everybody has access to safe drinking water. And one of the things that we can still ask, whether it's during a state of emergency or not, is that the public can help us maintain our reliable access to drinking water and the safe removal of our wastewater from our homes every day is by changing some habits at home. For instance, you know, never flush anything down the toilet that doesn't belong in the toilet. So we like to practice the three P's, right? Pee, poop, and toilet paper. That's it. <laughs> Those are the only things that need to go down your toilet. Don't We don't want you to, you know, one of our taglines is don't treat your toilet like a trash can. If it's yeah. not one of those three P's, put it in the garbage, right? So even if the wipes say that they're flushable, we're telling you that for to help your wastewater service removal, just throw everything in the garbage. Uh, if it's Q-tips, a Kleenex. Dental floss, medicine, nothing. Nothing should go in down the toilet. And the same thing in the kitchen. What you put down your sink, even if you have a garbage disposal, you know, just because it's out of sight does not mean it's out of mind. You know, if you put grease when you cook and you have leftover hot grease, you pour it down the sink. It may go down a hot liquid, but eventually it will cool and it will solidify. And these things get stuck on the insides of our pipes. If they get stuck on the insides of your home sewer lines underneath your property and it results in a sewer backup, 
first of all, you never want to have uh, wastewater coming back in your sink, your tub, your dishwasher, your uh, clothes, you know, your clothes washing machine. Those that I just can't even imagine that. However, if your personal pipes do clog, that is your financial responsibility to fix. So we're saying, you know, protect yourself, protect our infrastructure, uh, can the grease. So let it cool, put it into a can or sealable bag, and then throw it in the garbage. Don't put it down the drain. And even when you have scraps and leftover food or you're scraping your dishes after after your dinner, scrape all the leftovers into the garbage, not down the sink. So just by changing a couple of those habits can have a significant impact in the overall system because on a monthly basis, monthly, not even annual, on a monthly basis, our department is removing 300 tons of unflushable items, wipes, paper towels, everything that shouldn't be going down in the toilet and doesn't disintegrate, it all gets, you know, mishmashed together into these big, huge clogs, and it's about 300 tons. That's the equivalent of 50 grown male African elephants marching out of your sewer pipes on a monthly basis. So I can't so even imagine. What mm-hmm. do your people have to do to deal with 300 tons? Where does that go? How do they get it out of the systems? It's at different stages, right? So a lot of times our pipes will get clogged. We'll have to have our crews out there and having to clear out these pipes with the, with the clogs in the in the field. Uh, then, you know, that causes inconveniences because we have to take streets, you know, streets and traffic have to be diverted so we can, you know, do this pipe maintenance. And also sometimes uh, it'll make it to a pump station uh, where we'll have to uh, close down some of these pumps at the regional pump stations. And you just literally see these huge, big ball clogs of mm. like wipes and material and then we have to take it out there and then somehow those persistent buggers if they actually make it to the make it to the sewer treatment plants then we have to remove it from this you know from that system as well so we try to prevent it from getting the system period that's where we're asking for the public's help but from there you know we have a couple different spots where we have to get it before it becomes a big problem because what happens is you could have a 40 50 inch diameter pipe and if you have these big clogs impeding the wastewater flow through the pipes Think of it like your arteries in your heart. If you eat a fatty diet and your arteries clog up from, you know, all that fat, then uh, your blood can't get through the arteries and you end up having a heart attack. Kind of the same thing with our pipes. If our pipes keep getting clogged up with all these wipes and grease, we don't have the wastewater isn't able to flow through and it causes a pressure backup and that's how we get wastewater spills. Mm. And nobody wants to have a sewer break anywhere on your street or potentially leading into one of our waterways. So Mm. take care of it at the home. I'm just thinking about the extra manpower and the number of hours that are required, and that's dollars. That's tax dollars that have to pay for all of that extra time to take care of something that we can prevent on our end. So it helps us keep our water bills lower by doing the simple things, like you said, nothing in the toilet but the three Ps and canning the grease. You know, anyone who remembers having a mother or grandmother who used to cook and would take a can and pour the grease from the pan into that can and it would go into the fridge until it was full and then go in the garbage. I remember this. My mother did it as well. Yes. Right. But one of the things that we've been really fortunate about, you know, with so many people out of work, we understand that there have been moratoriums where they've been allowed to go for a period of time without paying rent or mortgages. The The government is trying to get funding to people, particularly those who are out of work because of COVID-19. And, you know, I understand that the Water and Sewer Department has not disconnected any water service in the last year, regardless of payment. How long can you keep doing that? Is it still in effect? It is still in effect. We haven't disconnected anyone 
for non-payment since March of last year, so it's been a year. We are committed to making sure just that throughout this health pandemic that everyone has access to safe, reliable drinking water because it is a public health issue. Uh, as long as the state of emergency is in effect in Miami-Dade County, the moratorium is in effect and actually it will last for approximately 60 days beyond the moratorium being discontinued. So we don't have a hard fast date as to when our policies in that matter will change. However, we do encourage our customers that if they are able to pay their bill uh, to do so at the end of each quarter to avoid, you know, having multiple bill balances pile up and accumulate. However, we understand that if that's not something that you are able to do, that we still encourage customers to pay what they can when they can. They don't have to do it once a quarter. If they have, you know, some, you know, some money or some funding uh, at a certain day or a certain month that they want to make a little bit of a payment every month of a certain amount to do that. Anything to help pay down the accumulated balance so that when the state of emergency is lifted, that they are not going to be hit all up at once with the, you know, accumulated balance. I mean, I will say that Miami-Dade County does have the lowest water rates, uh, uh, among the lowest water rates in the state and the nation, especially of a utility of this size. But we are committed to helping our customers, and they can always contact us so that we can assist them with whatever challenges they may find with their bills. But we definitely are encouraging people to, you know, pay what they can when they can. So even a $5 payment, you know, once a week would help because when that point comes where the moratorium is lifted, this has been a concern for a lot of people that they're going to have to pay all of the back money, whether it's for an electric bill, a rent, a mortgage, or a water bill at once. And that's going to be an incomprehensible situation. So like you say, the idea of just paying what you can when you can can go a long way to easing that situation. And what's the website and you know direct access for people who have questions about this? Well, our website is miamiday.gov slash water. And our customer service line phone number is 305-665-7477. And a lot of our activities and services, you are able to complete them just by going to the website and doing a lot of things online as well. Okay. You always have some great tips for saving money and saving water. And particularly now, like we're talking about with COVID, so many people have been either staying home or working from home with kids who are going to school from home. So that just generally means more using water at home. How can residents save on water and save money? Yes, a lot of people, you know, they don't realize how much water you do use. But when you pre-COVID, think about it. Where were you at eight, nine hours a day? You weren't at home. You were at, you know, your office. So every time you wash your hands or use the restroom, you know, now every single flush and every single time you turn on a faucet, that all adds up and compound that by having a family of four or five or however many people are staying home, whether it's for school or for work, you know, now all of that water consumption is happening at home versus having it spread out between jobs and schools and things like that. So, you know, taking advantage of our rebate program is even, uh, it's not even a better time than now than to take advantage of our, our rebate program. So, if you have shower heads in your homes that are older than from 1996 or previous, you can actually exchange them with our department for free, and we'll give you one for free that is a low flow, a high efficiency model. 
or you can choose one of your liking at the store. And as long as it meets the water sense criteria on our website, you fill out the paperwork and submit it to us. And for every shower head that you replace, you can receive up to a $25 rebate back to you. And then the same thing with toilets. If you, you wouldn't imagine how much water could be flushed, literally flush, how much money you could be flushing down the toilet every time you flush the toilet. It's one of the big water users in the house if it's an older model. So if you replace uh, up to two toilets, you can get a $50 rebate per toilet. And again, it, with all the water that you're saving, conservation is wonderful. Obviously, we're saving water for our future generations for water needs down the road, but you're also going to save money on your bill. And then I will say a lot of times people don't notice is the fact that now that you're home around the clock, when typically you would be at work, you know, pre-COVID, is that you uh, say, oh, look at the grass. It's looking a little brown. Let me go ahead and, and water the lawn since you're standing out your window since you're working from home at the table. And uh, one of the big things that we want to remind people is that it's nothing new. The county has had permanent watering restrictions for decades now, I want to say in excess of 20 years at least, or close to 20 years, if it's not already 20 years, that you're not allowed to water your lawn between the hours of 10 and 4. And it just makes sense because it's not like we're trying to police you and when you can, you know, use your water that you, that you pay for. It just makes sense that you shouldn't, you know, water your lawn and use water outside during the hours of 10 and 4 because that's the hottest time of day. And if you're using your hot water coming through a hose because it's been, you know, the hose is outside and the sun hits it, you're putting hot water onto hot grass and you're going to end up scorching and burning the lawn instead of making it look greener. You could potentially make it look worse. Plus, you're going to lose a lot of water to evaporation. So you're going to be using more water for less gain. So that's why we just ask you to adhere to your watering schedule, depending on where you live, what your address is. If you live on even days or odd days, you either water on Tuesdays and Saturdays or Thursdays and Sundays. And then um, if you have any questions, you can always call 311, but it is on our website as well, miamidu.gov slash water, and it will tell you when the appropriate days to water are. And then, you know, we also have rebates for irrigation outside. So if you can actually have an irrigation evaluation performed at your yard on, on your outside uh, grass and things of that nature, and depending on the recommendations that the staff gives you, uh, you don't have to do all of them. You can do them, you know, a few each year, and depending on the ones that you do, you get a rate. Uh, a rebate for. You can actually get up to $500 in rebates back over the course of five years, depending on the different recommendations that you make and the changes you make at your property. And all of that is designed so that you ha are having the most efficient use of water on your property. And again, we like to have our lush landscape, but it comes at a cost, right? So right. the less water you use, the more efficient water of usage at your home for outside uses will result in a lower water bill as well. Well, this has been so helpful. And as always, you have really simple tips. I love the ideas that you can just trade in your old shower head and get a brand new one that's low flow. Every little thing you do to save water and to save money adds up and it can come to big dollars that you're saving and of course, saving water as well. Any questions, as Jennifer has said, you can go to the website, miamidade.gov slash water or call 311 Thank you for what you do in the water department. I know you've been working on replacing all the pipes so we don't have issues with pipes bursting when we least expect it. And um, for sharing these tips to help your customers keep the bills low and know that if you pay as you go, pay what you can, once the moratorium on payments ends, you won't end up in the kind of bind that will be too difficult to overcome. So thank you so much. Jennifer Messimer, Public Affairs Administrator with 
with Miami-Dade Water and Sewer Department. It is always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Joining us now on Easy's Community Focus, I'm very happy to welcome Mary Donworth. You are the Senior Vice President of Community Impact with United Way of Miami-Dade, and you're planning a pandemic impact survey. Can you tell me what is the purpose of the survey and who are you trying to reach? Sure. So we're actually trying to reach as many people as possible in Miami-Dade County. Our sort of sweet spot is the Alice population. Those are people who are asset limited, income constrained and employed. So essentially like working poor families. But we really want as many people as possible to fill out the survey. Um, And so the purpose of it is really to take the temperature of the community from a financial standpoint, what is happening as a result of COVID. We came out with our Alice report, our biennial Alice report last year, but it was right before everything basically, you know, went, went nuts. So this is really to give us, you know, to give us that temperature check on what is going on in the community, how are households being affected, how are small businesses being affected as well. So that's a part of the survey. If you own a small business, then you will get another set of questions within the survey. Okay. Specifically tied to what type of industry, how are you affected, how many employees do you have, have you had to let people go, what is the circumstance, what resources are out there that you've used or that would be beneficial to you. And so the whole purpose of this is, one, we want to just get all this information, get as many different partners out there working with us to disseminate this survey so that we can all use it to then plan on how do we fix this, right? How do we strengthen our community coming out of the pandemic? And so for us, there are a number of things going on, but we are, you know, we fund programs on a multi-year basis. So in this upcoming year, we're going to be planning for the next investment process. So this information will be hugely valuable to us to get that sense. So I think it's just, it's great that we can do this and that we have partners that are helping us to really get the word out as broadly as possible. It's a brief survey. So I took it myself. It took me five minutes, but I'm very familiar with the survey. So for most people, it might be 10 to 12 minutes. If you are a small business owner with young children, you may get more questions, right? So it may take you 12 to 15 minutes. Um, For most people, it may be probably no more than 10. What are some of the questions that you're asking specifically for people to answer? You know, I feel it's almost like we're doing the census again, although this Mm -hmm. is not for the federal government and it has different purposes, but it's similar in that it will impact how you distribute funds to the nonprofits that you support. Right. So um, some of it is about just what is your household made up of? So how many people are in your household? How many people who are contributing financially are hourly workers or salaried workers? Um, What type of assets do you have? If you have, so there's a specific question that says, if you had an unplanned $400 expense, how would you pay for that? You know, like, would you borrow money? Do you have the money in a checking it? Like just to really try and get a sense of what kind of resilience exists in the community. Have you had technology challenges? What are the concerns that you've had, you know, in terms of, are you worried about, you know, household members getting sick? Are you worried about losing your job? You know, taking the temperature on many different levels of what's going on. There are questions about for older adults, you know, do you have retirement income? Do you have social security? Like what are those, what are those resources available to you? So it's just, it's a range. Um, with small business, again, trying to understand what area or what domain of, of small business do you have? 
how many employees have you had? Have you had to let people go? Have you like, is, has the circumstance changed? What types of resources would be helpful to you? Because I think that's a really important question to understand. Uh, if you're looking for a job, again, what are the barriers to your being able to get a job? What are resources that might be helpful to you in, in trying to secure employment? Um, so I think there's just going to be a wealth of information that comes out of this. And again, and we've done this with the Alice reports in the past too, like the nonprofits we work with have been able to use the Alice report for themselves when they're going after like grant funding, for example, even from national foundation sources, because it paints a picture of the community and says where the needs are. The yeah. other thing is, I think that's really good because people put in their zip code. So that will also allow us to see what is happening throughout the community in different areas. I and mean, I think that's important information to have. But again, the information is totally anonymous. So, you know, it, it can't track back to an individual. So okay. people should feel totally comfortable providing the information. It is available in English and Spanish, and it will be available in Haitian Creole as well. And that'll be later this week. It would be fascinating to be able to go back in time three months and six months and nine months and see the results throughout the course. I mean, we're just almost literally a year uh -huh. into this pandemic. I remember February 29th, that first press conference, when they said, yes, there's this disease and there's only 15 cases in the United States. And before we knew it, it had grown to, you know, what we now is more than half a million deaths and millions of people, millions who have been impacted, not just by the disease itself, but because of job losses and uh, family members that they haven't been able to see, the mental health issues that have gone along with it in both adults and children mm -hmm. and veterans who are already dealing with other issues. So, I mean, the impact, I, I don't think there's anyone who's been immune completely to the effects of COVID-19. No, and they even talk about, you know, domestic violence issues have gone up. I mean, you can imagine, right, the stressors and, and just the isolation that people are feeling too. You know, increases in different parts of the community, you know, in gun violence. Yeah, it's, it's unprecedented. And I think what people maybe don't fully appreciate is the stress level. I've been saying for a year, it's felt like there was this underlying, just, you know, quiet, but mm -hmm. constant stress that was always there and you could never get rid of it. And it's like every day you'd wake up and think, all right, well, today's going to be better, but there's still, it's mm -hmm. like it would squeeze at your stomach. And, mm -hmm. you know, now that there's a vaccine, I feel that there's a great deal of that that has been eliminated. But of course, there are the issues now with who's getting the vaccine? How fast can we get the vaccine? What's the priority order? What happens when I go to sign up and all the spots are taken already? Do I trust the vaccine? And these are things we've discussed with multiple doctors and nurses in the community at some of our major hospital systems who seem to have a really good handle on it. But it's a lot of people that we need to take care of. And fortunately, they're is, to my understanding, a larger number of vaccines coming down the pipeline very quickly. Yes. And I think one of, we've been working with Jackson to also help schedule appointments um, at their three clinics. Part of the challenge is I think the information is just constantly changing. Yes. So it's making sure, you know what I mean, that everything is updated and that people understand because there's, I think, still a lot of confusion. Or if you go to certain resources, 
there's one set of criteria and if you go someplace else, there's another. And so yes. understanding and I myself, you know, I qualify because I'm of the right age. And I tried the other day through CVS online and, you know, you just have to keep trying right? because nothing's available. And at some point that, yes, there will be more vaccines or vaccinations, whatever available, but it's going to take time. And I think one of the challenges for agencies and putting information out, it's like they want to put information out, but they don't necessarily know that they're going to have the supply of vaccinations available. And so it's, you know, it's it's challenging. And particularly for, as you said, the Alice population, asset limited, Mm -hmm. income constrained, employed residents who may not have the time or the transportation to be able to get to a location where they can get the vaccine once it's available for their age range or population. Technology is also an issue too, right? Because a lot of it is you have to apply online and people don't have those resources. What are they supposed to do? Right. Um, So what are they supposed to do? I guess they can go to the library, but then again, as you said, the slot's fill up so fast that by the time someone who is using someone else's internet connection gets to the place where they can register, the slots may be taken. So what are the resources for someone who doesn't have? You know, I think, you know, going through agencies might be helpful to them. I think they do have mobile apps. And I would say from our work with the Pandemic Relief Fund, Um, When we worked with the county and helped, I want to say we distributed over $31 million to thousands of households in the community. It was an app that was available either through the computer or through a device. And people were able to, you know, to get through to us. And I think most people nowadays have smartphones, but I would say... Generally speaking, yes, it's, it's, it's challenging if you don't have those opportunities. Um, periodically, we have heard of opportunities. So I know at Overtown Youth Center, there is a clinic that's being operated. And I don't know if it's, it's, it's at their site. They're not the ones operating the, the clinic and it's a walk up. So okay. you, can just, you can just go and if they have them. But again, do you wait hours? You know, is it available? I don't know. Well, can people call 211 or 311? Yes. Which one is it? 211 <laughs> is the um, helpline operated by Jewish Community Services. Okay. So that is the best place to call just to get information about services in the community. Like you said, everyone's doing it a little bit differently. So there's a tremendous amount of confusion and Probably the best thing is call 211 or check with the Florida Department of Health because they keep putting out new information every week about what's allotted to the state and where it's going. You really do have to stay on top of it. It's almost like part of your job now (laughs) is to watch every week and see, okay, where can I go this week? And in the meantime, you've got this cross-pollination of people who have been vaccinated. They've gotten one of their two shots and a lot of people haven't gone back for the second shot and people who have both shots and people who have nothing. And some people are still wearing masks. Some people are not wearing masks. Now we have states that are eliminating mask mandates already. So much like it's been since the beginning, there's a tremendous amount of confusion. Right. And honestly, I personally, I think it's nuts (laughs) to have people like not wearing masks, you know, because we're not we're not past it yet. No. And I'm... I know that, you know, it's it's a pain, you know, to have to wear a mask, but it's just 
there are too many, especially like in South Florida now, I think we have what, three variants. Um, yeah. You know, you have to be careful. We also have information on our website about, you know, vaccines. Again, as we get updated information, we update our website as well on the resource page for COVID. So there's more information there. But yes, it's, you know, like I tried CVS, as I said, and it was just they, there was one date and then I plugged in, you know, my zip code, whatever, and nothing available. Right. And so you just keep, you know, you just keep trying. But. Right. I just tell myself, look, if there was no vaccine, there would be nothing we could do. So there is one and mm-hmm. we'll just we just have to wait. It's yeah. just a matter of time. And within the next few months, we should all have our shot at getting vaccinated. But in the meantime, I will always recommend taking all the safety precautions that we did prior to the vaccine, even after you've been vaccinated, especially wearing the mask. And Dr. Fauci is now saying wear double masks because these new variants are even more contagious than the initial one. Not more deadly, but more contagious. So it's, you know, it's an ongoing issue. What's the website at United Way of Miami-Dade? www.unitedwaymiami.org. And to access that survey, the Pandemic Impact Survey. Yes. So you just click on take the survey. Oh, that's easy enough. So if you go to, mm -hmm, it'll be open until March 26th. And you're expecting to publish this by summer. That's a very fast turnaround. You must have a huge team working on this. So actually, we are working with the United Way of Northern New Jersey. They are the ones that initially developed the whole ALICE report. And they partner with, I believe it's Rutgers. I know it used to be Rutgers University. It may still be Rutgers University to do like the, the data for the ALICE report. Okay. And they work with United Ways around the country. And so they have been working with United Ways now on this um, COVID survey. And okay. so they developed the template and we worked with them to figure out which questions we wanted to ask and to tweak and, and the language and this and that. So, but they're the ones who've developed the tool. And so they're compiling all this information and they are the ones who are going to be producing this report. So it's fantastic. And the other beautiful thing is that they have experience from other communities that have already done this, right? Mm-hmm. So this question really worked. This one didn't get much of a response. This is where we're seeing, you know, like this is the profile of who's responding. So we want to reach out more to certain communities. So, we, you know what I mean? So we can make sure that we get the voices from those, you know what I mean? So it's, it's really been a great partnership. So we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see the results. So it's been open since Monday and we're almost at 2000 responses so far. Wow, that's which great. Is, which is pretty good. And already in English and Spanish and by the end of this week, within the next few days, in Haitian and Creole as well. So we cover the entire population. And again, you can go to unitedwaymiami.org. You'll see uh, Take the Survey. And listen, when you have the results, I would love to talk to you again and hear what comes out of it. Perfect. Uh, Absolutely. Okay. I feel compelled to mention that the noise you're hearing in the background, that's my cat, Manny, who wants my attention right now. So we're going to wrap things up. Thank you so very much. Mary Donworth, Senior Vice President of Community Impact with United Way of Miami-Dade. Thank you so much for letting us know about this. My pleasure. And remember, you have until March 26th to take the Pandemic Impact Survey. Just go to unitedwaymiami.org and click Take the Survey. 
I thank you for listening to Easy's Community Focus today. Please join me again next Sunday for an all-new edition where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. If you have questions or would like to suggest a topic, feel free to email me at ellen at easy93.com. Hope you have a great day. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 